Hey guys, it's Sean. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. Hi, welcome to my podcast. It's Not So Average with Sean Wilson, where I give you my take on, well, everything. I'm doing this just for fun, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. This week, we talk about how to discover ideas and discuss my time at the Groundling School. Whew, so many options, so many things to talk about, about, and that's before I even get ideas from you. So if you are joining me for the first time today, my name is Sean Wilson. I am an actress in Hollywood. I have been here for 11 years. And, and you know what? Usually I say I'm an actress in Los Angeles. I think that's what I usually say. Um, because Hollywood has such a specific connotation to it or a specific meaning to people. Um, but I do live and work in Los Angeles. The jobs that I audition for are cast for the most part out of Hollywood, though I do sometimes get opportunities outside of this uh, locale. And this podcast that I recently started is um, geared towards people who want to live a not so common life. The people that I call the not so average dreamer. Hopefully you're one of those people, or maybe you know one of those people and you would love to share this podcast with them. Stay a while, listen in, see how you like it. You're gonna love it. I totally promise you're gonna love it. What I do with this podcast is I share with anyone who's listening or watching my experiences being a professional artist. Now, my journey as a professional artist did not start with my time in Los Angeles. I actually worked in a regional market professionally for 15 years before coming here. So it's been a minute. And in those, did I already tell y'all how many years that is? We're gonna pretend that I did and I'm not gonna say it again. In those years, I've had many opportunities to learn and grow about my art, about my profession, and about myself as a person. And so what I'm doing with this podcast is I'm sharing with you guys my experiences in the hopes that if you are someone who dreams of doing something that's out of the ordinary, but you haven't taken that leap yet, or you have taken that leap, but it feels like a bumpy, rocky road or a confusing road or um, a grief filled road, because sometimes it's that too, right? Hopefully what you hear from my podcast, from me and my story will help you, will encourage you to either start if you haven't before or keep going if you've already been on a path. So um, having looked at some of the ideas that I have so far for episodes, and again, I am so open to hearing what you guys want to talk about. So if you have an idea, please shoot me a message at live at notsoaveragedreamer.com. You can also type it in the comment section of the platform where you watch this podcast if you happen to be watching it. If you're listening to it, I don't know anything about Apple Podcasts. I can tell you on Spotify, there's nowhere for you to leave comments. Um, but if there's any auditory platform that you are using to listen to this podcast and they have a way for you to reach me, do it, do it, do it, do it. Write me your idea of what you would love to hear me talk about. I am an actor, but the topic doesn't have to be about acting. It's about being someone who's got something special that you wanna do in this life before your time on this earth is over. Mm trademark that yes i'm feeling myself today you guys have you noticed that i'm in a mood and it's a good one so having looked over some of the ideas that i've come up with on my own for episodes stories insights to share with you guys i think today we are going to talk about 
the fact that as a creative person, sometimes I have too many ideas. I cannot stress that enough. You know, one of the things that we often fear as creative types is not having any ideas, that we won't think of anything. And I challenge you to confront that belief or that fear with a different reality. And it's this, do you have a lot of chatter in your head? Whether it's negative or positive, is there a lot of verbal stuff happening in your head? If you are a writer or an actor, yeah, there is. I know for a fact that there is. Um, Musicians might have it too. Dancers have it less because as dancers, we, and I say we because I dance too, I also sing. Dancers, actually what I was going to say is that dancers don't have that kind of chatter. When I am actively dancing, my head is not doing that. And it's because with dancing, we regulate our bodies by crossing meridians. Um, I'm not going to get into a whole big conversation about what that means today. What I will say to you is this. Dancers live a very balanced life, particularly if they are in class. Um, it may be different for street dancers. I did. I doubt it, though. Um, but if you are someone who takes in a class or is a member of a company that starts your rehearsals with company class, when you do your dance exercise, you do everything from the left and then you do it from the right. You if you're uh, ballet in particular, I'm talking about ballet um, in jazz. It's the same. It is the same. When I was doing jazz, it's the same. Um, and so when I say do it from the left in ballet, we hold the bar with our left hand and then we dance with the right side of our body. And then we turn around and do the same exact exercise on the other side. We do that with everything at the bar. Then we go to center and we do everything from the left side of the room across the floor towards the right. And then we do everything from the right side of the room across the floor towards the left. And so that creates a balance inside of us as dancers. So dancers may not struggle with this constant freaking chatter in the brain like other people do. Notice I didn't say artists because that kind of over-communicative mind is not specific to artists. But I can say as an artistic type, as a creative person, as a visionary or entrepreneur, you probably have a ton of ideas and you might not even know it. You might not even recognize it because of the fact that it's just in your head as background chatter. And what started happening with me um, I want to say about a year ago, if that long, is when I would wake up in the morning, I would immediately start doing those ideas. Whatever idea was in my head that day, let me say, let me say that differently. Let me say it better. I'd wake up in the morning with a thought, with an idea. It wasn't always a creative idea about something to do as an artist. Sometimes it was an entrepreneurial idea, something to do with my business. And most times, actually, it was that, right? And I would get up. And I would immediately start working on that idea and it would hijack my day. Now, this is not one of those situations where, you know, sometimes you hear people who talk about productivity or talk about personal development or write about it. You'll hear them talk about why it's so important to have a morning routine and not just start your day with going straight to email because it hijacks your day. This is true, but that's not what I mean. Because when you are a creative type or a visionary entrepreneur, you tend to think, I'm sure, when you do get an idea, it's like, ooh, this is a good thing. This is not derailing. This is the path. And so in my case, I would jump up and I would start working on it right away. And sometimes I wouldn't even jump up. Sometimes I would be in the bed, pick up the phone and start doing things because everything is digital now and everything is mobile. 
I can, I can um, update my website on my phone. I can create a new gig on Fiverr on my phone. Whatever the thing was, whatever the piece, writing out new descriptions for products, whatever it was that was in my head, I can do that on my phone. Because see, there's Word on my phone. There's Google Docs on my phone. There's Sheets, there's Excel, there's, um, what's it, see, Sheets and PowerPoint, no, Sheets and Excel, PowerPoint and, what do they call PowerPoint, the generic version of it, the Google version? I don't remember. But either way, everything you can possibly need for executing an, executing an idea is there on your phone. And so I would get up in the morning and I would start right away and it would be my day. And it is what I would do. And I would be like so fired up, so gung-ho. And because it's such a good idea and it's just flowing out of me like water, I would also assume that everybody else on the planet would think it was a good idea too. And so, particularly in those times when we're talking, when I'm talking about my, uh, those times when it was an entrepreneurial idea or an idea for my business, I would immediately expect to see sales as a result of that idea, right? <laughs> so what, what had happened was, <laughs> what, what would happen often is I would come up with the idea starting on the idea right away, spend the entire day executing it because I don't do anything by half measure. Another mark of my artistic self, my creative self, my visionary self. You probably have this too. And I, it would, I would spend the whole day because I got locked into it. It's probably some sort of obsession, maybe even an addictive tendency, I don't know. But I could not stop until I was done. And it would be my entire day. Now, I would stop to eat and I would stop to pee. But for the most part, nothing else came into my, my, um, my, my consciousness, my awareness on that day, except that idea. Now, I'm saying, I'm talking about this as though it only happened the one time, but that is not the case. This has happened many times. I get a lot of ideas. So then what it became was I would start... Um, writing down the ideas. And here's why I do that. Now, when I wake up, I will still allow myself, if I have ideas in my head, if it's one or multiple ideas, I will still let myself grab the phone, type it into the phone so that I can come back to it later. And here's why. Because when I would do, when I would just jump in and do the ideas, when I would just jump in and start executing it and go full throttle, and I've already mentioned this, it didn't necessarily have the result that I thought in the moment it would have. Some of the things I started to see fruit from the labor later on. Some of the things never bore me any fruit. And that's because it's just an idea. It's not necessarily a good idea. <laughs> Even if it's a logical idea, it may not be a good idea. It may not be the right idea. It may not be um, a fit of an idea energetically, you know? Ideas come and go. And the fear that we sometimes have that we are not going to ever think of anything is a false fear. So whether you're someone like me who, when I have the idea, I immediately execute it, that's probably also based on a fear that I'm not going to have further future ideas, right? And so I have to act on this one right, right now. You know, so if you're someone like that, go ahead and uh, pump the brakes a little bit. Chill out, you know? 
Or if you're someone who actually still thinks, even after what I've already said, that you don't, or let me rephrase that. Even if you're someone who thinks that uh, ideas are hard to come by or worries or is afraid that you're not going to think of anything to create or to talk about or to do, depending on what medium, what uh, channel, what industry you work in. This is not true. You will always have new ideas. You just have to be able to recognize them as ideas. And once you have recognized them as ideas, rather than jumping in and going hard like I do, instead of doing that, what I would like to encourage you to do is something that I've started doing. And it's I get up in the morning, I write down the idea. Um, even if it's multi-layered, if there's if I if the whole thing is if the whole onion is fully bloomed in my head, I go ahead and write the whole thing out. And then it's there for me to come back to later. So I'll do it on my phone. Sometimes during the day, ideas will come to me. And when ideas come to me during, t- during the day, I now have a notebook that I jotted down. And I don't necessarily, in fact, not even necessarily, I don't at all execute right away. And what I'm finding is, uh, with the passage of time of this new practice, is sometimes days pass and I've forgotten about the idea altogether. And then I'll see it in my phone or I'll see it on my notebook. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, it's a good thing I didn't do that because here's what it would have done to my life. Here are the, here's the ways in which it would have changed or possibly hindered what I already have going on or what I hope to have going in the future that it could get in the way of. Or, oh yeah, that would have been much more complicated than I realized at the time. And it is okay to shy away from complicated things every once in a while. Don't let anybody tell you different. You don't need to make your life hard. Hard doesn't necessarily equal successful. I'm going to say that again. Just because something is hard or difficult or you have to challenge yourself or overcome an obstacle to do it doesn't necessarily mean it is the right thing to do. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's a fit for you. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to benefit you. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to benefit others. And when we go to execute ideas, particularly those of the creative type or the entrepreneurial type, we are not just thinking about ourselves and what we want to do for ourselves, what we want to create for ourselves. But whatever we are making, we are creating it as a gift to others, whether it's that they get to observe the thing we've created. If if you're a painter and they get to see the beautiful work of art you've made, or if you're a performer like myself and they get to watch your performance. Or if it's it's a product that you've created and they get to buy and consume your product or buy and utilize your product or it's a service that you provide. And they get to make use of that service to help make their lives better or easier. These are the things that come up when we create something. Whenever we create something, whether it's art or business, it is for us and others. Dare I say it is for us and the world? I'm going to claim that. It's for us and the world. Now, we don't all have the Oprah effect, but what we're doing is touching somebody. Yeah. And so if that's the case, if what we're doing is touching somebody, isn't it better that we make sure we're focusing our energies towards those things that are going to be resonant to us and our souls longer term, not just a great idea echoing so loudly it's though, as though it's in a cathedral today, 
Sounds great today, looks great today, might even feel great today. But what about three days from now? What about a month from now? What about a few years from now? So another tool that I want to get better at doing that I have not really started utilizing yet, but I, it's come into my awareness as something to think about, um, is thinking about the idea more, playing it out in my head. If I do this, then that. If I do this, then what's the next logical thing that would happen next if it worked out? If I do this, what's the next logical thing that would happen next if it doesn't work out? In a way, that's a kind of visualization. Uh, it's definitely a thought experiment. In a way, it's kind of um, not so much visualization as it is let's pretend what if mental role play. You would think as an actor, I would have better words to describe what it is. It's definitely using your imagination. And as creators and entrepreneurs and visionaries, we use our imaginations. And sometimes we may forget to use it in a way that is um, productive towards figuring things out before they need to be figured out. Because we do a great job. I mean, I can, I mean, I, I personally do a wonderful job of going into the figure it out part of my brain when there's already a problem. But if I could spend more time or if I, if I could even spend a little time, even some time, just like a second, Sean, if I could spend some time thinking it through first, ooh, as I say it out loud, it kind of sounds like I've been immature for a very long time. Hmm. We might have to examine that. But if I think it through more fully, both sides, not just if it works out, because I'm very good at assuming everything is going to work. Oh, and everything doesn't work. And this is why every idea doesn't need to be followed. And not every idea is a good idea. And as I am pretty sure I have mentioned before in other episodes, and you'll hear me say it again because I really believe in this. If you find yourself on a path, if you find yourself on a project, if you find yourself in a situation or with people that do not fit, that do not work, that does not fit, that does not work, which way does that go? Let me think about that for a second. If you find yourself on a path which does not work, if you find yourself on a project which does not work, if you find yourself with people who do not work for you, if any of those things don't work, give yourself the space and the grace to stop. One of my flaws is I have to finish. Again, this is a little obsessive. I have been accused by someone whose name I will not mention, <coughs> Justin, of having slight OCD. He might be right, I don't know. All I can say is this, his life is better for it because I'm organized. So um, I tend to feel the need to go all the way when I've started something. And the first time that I can recall, there may have been other times, but the first time that I can recall right now that I let myself quit something. After I got reached the point of majority, uh, sorry, maturity, not point of majority, the point of maturity. Let me clarify. I used to be a bit of a mess when I was younger. I mean, I just liked to have fun. 
I wasn't organized. I was not responsible. I enjoyed myself and my life a lot. However, because of the fact that, and I'm talking about as an adult, I'm talking about in my, in my 20s, right? Not as a little kid. As a full-grown adult, I was just a bit of a mess. And so it's not that having fun is inherently wrong or makes you a mess or being disorganized doesn't, but I also had a nice dose of dysfunction to go with those traits. And so I was constantly creating chaos in my life. Um, at the age of 29, and I get it, some of you probably are like, wait, you're older than 29? Yes, I am, but bless you. At the age of 29, I decided to turn that all around and to adjust the way I was approaching my life. And it was because I wanted to make sure that I could get as far in my life as my potential would carry me. I wanted to make sure that I, at the end of my life, felt that I had fulfilled my potential. And so once, so the 20s and before, if there was something I didn't like doing, yes, of course I would quit. I was, you know, I didn't feel the need to finish things. But once I had turned into this responsible Sean, I did not allow myself to quit anything. I had to finish it. And the first recollection I have right now, there might be others, but the one that comes up right now of when I did allow myself, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is the first time as, as mature Sean that I allowed myself to quit something was uh, when I was at the Groundling School. The Groundling School is an improvisation training school that's got a very specific style of improv that they do. Some uh, famous people that you know who attended Groundlings include Will Ferrell, um, Phil Lamar, I think Phil Lamar. A lot of the sketch comedy people we know and love, they came from the Groundling School. Others came from other improv schools like UCB or IOS. Um, but the Growlings, getting into the Growlings was for me um, a boon. I was very excited about getting into that program. And uh, participating in it was kind of fun. It could have been more fun, except I am pretty sure that my teacher was a severe alcoholic. And that came with a whole host of unnecessary um, meanness. Meanness, yes. And I finished my first year of the program I'm oh, sorry, not year, six weeks, it's six weeks. God, I overshot that a lot. My first class, I finished it and I was going to continue it until I did a check-in. And when I did this check-in, I realized that, you know what? I wasn't at the school for the right reasons. And, the, um, and I didn't know that when I auditioned for it and got in. I found that out after I had been there and learned that what I had hoped to accomplish from being there was not what that school actually does. I'm contemplating whether or not to tell y'all. Yeah, I'm gonna say it. So they don't pay their artists. You know, if you go to the Groundling School and you see the performances that they put on, I think it's Wednesday through Saturday or Wednesday through Sunday, very polished, very strongly performed improv shows uh, with people who have completed their programs. And they charge money for the audience to come and watch these shows. And they charge tuition to the students who take their classes. They also say in their um, paperwork that you fill out when you first start that 75% of the people who attend the Groundlings programs have to repeat a level of course 
a course level at some point during their time. So they are in many ways double dipping on the same student. Um, so there's money coming in is my point. And I don't fault them for that. They are institution. They need money to function. But where I do have a problem as someone who has always been paid for the work that I do and feels that every artist should always be paid for the work that they do is their artists who are on their stage, whether it's the Sunday company or it's the um, artists who have and, and all of the artists on their stage, again, have graduated the program, even with having to repeat a level, they have made it through. They don't get paid to do these performances that the Groundling School takes money from an audience to see. I have a problem with that. And so that's when I started having a conflict about whether or not to continue, because I was hoping to, of course, finish the program, audition for company, hopefully get in, because it's not a guarantee, and then be paid to act again like I had been in Charlotte. And as I debated whether or not to continue, I was leaning heavily towards the side of keep going because that's who I am because it's who I turned myself into at the age of 29, someone who finishes things. And I don't remember what happened. I don't know if I talked to someone and they had said something about their groundlings experience, um, which had been more positive than mine, or if, I don't know what it is, but one day that oppressive need to finish lifted. And I can say in retrospect that that oppressive need to finish was um, perfectionism. I somehow realized that it would be okay if I didn't complete the program, even though not completing the program would mean that I had done the program imperfectly. So going to the grounding school, that's a great example of one of those ideas that I had that wasn't necessarily a good idea, but I didn't know it at the time. So sometimes we can figure it out ahead of time. If we do that little thought experiment I talked about, play it out in your head, play it out in your head. What happens if I do this thing and it works out? What happens if I do this thing and it doesn't work out? Um, just put it aside, go away from it for a few days and come back and see if it still feels like a good idea. And then there's the third thing, which is when you go through with the idea or at least start it and then you're in it and then you go this is not mm -mm, no mm -mm, no this is not no this don't work and allow yourself to move on to something else that does resonate for you and hopefully will work yes that felt good to talk about um the whole thing did not just the cathartic piece about damn groundlings I mean, you know, I still think they're great. I still go see the shows. My boyfriend loves it. So it's a great, easy birthday gift for him. And I say easy, not because I'm cheap and I don't want to get him something good, but because he doesn't ever want anything. It's very hard to figure out what to get this boy for a gift. I, on the other hand, am quite vocal about what I want. Mm -hmm. And I ask for gifts even when it's not a gift giving time of year. It doesn't have to be my birthday. It doesn't have to be Christmas. I could like sometimes we're just in the room and I'm like, what are you going to give me? What are you gonna what are you gonna give me? What are you gonna bring me? <laughs> anyway, you guys, thank you for watching. This was lovely. Once again, my name is Sean Wilson. I am an actress in Hollywood. I'm sharing with you my experience of being a professional actor for over 25 years. There, damn it, I said it. It's really over 30 years. Cause I first started acting when I was nine. I did 
radio first with my dad and would do radio commercials, you know? So it's been a minute. I've been living this uncommon life and I don't want to do the traditional thing at all. And I know there are some of you out there that feel the same way, but you haven't yet given yourself permission to start. And remember, if you start, you don't have to do it full time and you don't have to do it all in and you don't even have to do it as a career. You can just develop a healthy practice of that art form you love. Or if you're an entrepreneur, you can create a side hustle or an occasional business. There are a couple of businesses I've heard of recently that are out there that they just open up for one week every year and they get massive sales during that time because they build up so much buzz on social media between the times that they're open that people look forward to when it opens again and when that business, it's a pop-up business, opens each year in the summer for only one week, they do well. So you don't have to throw your life away. Ooh, that didn't sound right. I didn't mean that. You don't have to discard the life you have to follow the thing that's in your heart. You can, if that works for you, but you also don't have to. Either way, you are not so average dreamer because you are listening to this podcast if you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts or you're watching it here on YouTube and you get to see my smile as I encourage you to say, do it. All right, you guys, I would sit here and babble forever because there is literally nobody here to stop me. So I'm going to go ahead and say goodbye and I will see you next week. Bye. Aren't my theme songs fun? I found them at Purple Planet Music. You can find music for your projects there too. Just go to purple-planet.com.